Welcome to the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session, where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T, and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweed Couch, we are counseling on cork sniffers. If you have participated in a guitar forum, if you have watched YouTube reviews, if you have talked with a sales associate at a guitar store, then you have likely experienced and been subjected to cork sniffery. If you have only played a handful of tube, modeling, or solid-state amps, but you believe that tubes create ultimate tone for all, if you believe you can only get great tone from expensive gear, if you believe the logo on the headstock is the deciding factor in whether a piece of gear has quality tone, woods, or manufacturing, then you likely suffer from a form of cork sniffery. But what is a cork sniffer? Is it always a bad thing? Where did the name come from? Is there a cure? And where does Jason and I rank as a cork sniffer? Well, we will discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Jason on the Tweed Couch. Well, Jason, we are in for an interesting conversation today. Thank you for joining me again on the couch. Thank you for having me. Well, I don't know if you've heard this first term before, this term cork sniffer, but I remember the first time that I heard this, and this was actually back in the 90s when I joined this web community called Harmony Central. Yep, Harmony Central. I remember it well. You know, that was so 90s, but at the same time, I remember hearing cork sniffer. Oh, that's a cork sniffer statement. Oh. What's with this, all this cork sniffery here? Mm-hmm. Do you know where the origin of cork sniffer comes from? No, I don't. I actually know the background of it only because one of my bosses one time was a huge wine connoisseur. Okay. And he said that it comes down to the bottle when it gets stored, it actually gets stored corked down. And the reason why the wine is always touching the cork is to make sure that it stays moist. Okay. And because of that, If the wine starts to go bad and it starts to become vinegary, then the biggest smell of it is going to be held in the cork. So the cork doesn't tell you whether the wine is any good in its flavor. It only tells you if it's any good, meaning that it's spoiled. So that's really the whole purpose behind sniffing the cork. Now, most people sniff it and go, ooh, this is going to be a good bottle. And that is not what that's for. So that to me, actually makes more sense because I'll be honest, if I open up a bottle of wine and I take a little sniff of that cork, I have no idea what I'm sniffing. Yeah. Not one bit. I did not know that. I'm not a wine drinker at all. You see people do it, look at trying to look fancy and uh, I never would have associated that with having expensive pedals on your pedal board or, or playing through different amps, but there might be something there. There really might be. Now, I do have a relatively strong opinion about what I believe a cork sniffer is. Okay. It's not necessarily the way that I think everybody uses it, but it is the way I think it should be used. I actually think that in general, the term is really meant to point someone out that has no idea about what they're really talking about, and they're just buying something because they're buying into a hype. Mm -hmm. That's really a cork sniffer. Yeah, I agree with that. I also... I believe that a cork sniffer is really just someone who has some sort of a certain taste and they know or think they know 
what it takes to inspire them and, you know, make them feel good about their purchase, their quests or whatever. Like this all makes sense to me. But I do understand that 99.9% of the people mean this as really just to be an insult. Yeah. And I've thrown that insult at people a couple of times while I 100% have done it myself. Like oh, yeah. I do it all of the time, all the time. So just for fun, I decided that I was going to look up on Urban Dictionary to see what Urban Dictionary says a cork sniffer is. And you'll be surprised. There's a number of different ones on this. So we can comment on it. So definition number one was a derogatory term used to describe a person that tends to overanalyze physical properties that may not even be relevant. I was like, okay. check. I, they just checked a box. They, they basically labeled me right there. Yeah, yeah. I'm an overanalyzer. And, and I know you are too, because you're the kind of person that's like, yeah, but, but Brad didn't use that kind of a cable. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's Brad Paisley for those of you playing at home. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, man, this is going to be a good one then. It's way too early for a bingo. No, it is, yeah. but this is definitely it's- time. And actually, if you've been listening for a while, you really should start making a bingo card as you are doing the podcast, as you were listening and enjoying it, because by now it should be yeah, made actually sure. a few different ones, put things in different boxes. It'll be good. One of our uh, listeners sent us a bingo card and they had bingo highlighted. That was that was good. Yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> that was very funny. You know, so someone that I think would fit into this definition of a cork sniffer of over analyzing physical properties and all that kind of stuff that may not be relevant. Paul Reed Smith. Okay. That guy thinks through everything. He believes that whatever is put into a guitar is actually subtracting from the tone. It interferes with the vibration of the string. So his goal is to add materials that are the least subtractive. I mean, that's, that's a guy overanalyzing. Yeah, but are you going to disagree with him? I mean, his guitar. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I've got a person that I always think of when I think of cork sniffery, and that is a guitar player that I don't really know that well, but I know people are just rabid fans of his. And I've heard him make comments that I just thought, oh, whatever. But that player is, do you want to guess who it is? I do want to guess. I am going to say... Joe Bonamassa. No, it is not. That's Dang a good so. guess, though. Yeah. All right. Is it Billy Gibbons? Oh, no. No. Yeah, he no, doesn't no, really no, do no. that. He'll play anything. No. That's because he processes it all with a JMP. He'll one. put anything on stage <laughs> and then be playing through a Marshall. He'll put great yeah. blue voodoos up on stage or whatever. No, that, <laughs> that person right. is Eric Johnson. Oh, yeah, of course. He even knows whether it's a Duracell or an Energizer. That's like. that's what I'm saying. And I am calling BS on that. And if you love Eric Johnson, then good. Because he's super talented, seems like the nicest guy in the world. But I just, I, I don't believe it. I, I, don't, I don't understand how you could. But you know what? We've talked about this before, but when Brad Paisley, there you go, played my guitar, he knew what kind of strings they were. So who knows? But that, and then I've also heard, is he the guy that, talked about unidirectional cables that he believed oh, that man. your cables only uh, you know i i think that might have been him that's but i mean that's another up. one that i'm like i don't know that's that's insane the gear page has something to say about this 
Yeah, of course it should be. I keep hearing that guitar cables are directional. They sound better in one direction versus the other due to their manufacturing process. Can someone explain the details, the physics of how that can be? I will guarantee you no one can do that in here. Nope. Yeah, I, I love this. One person writes, <laughs> one person writes, they are directional bi-directional <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> they go both ways that's exactly right the gear page for one is just full of corks and every and anytime you oh, yeah. sit around and read you know other people's opinions on guitars that's the thing people can be incredible musicians and go on there and talk about stuff and they can be the worst guitar player in the world and get on there and talk about stuff and you don't know the difference and so yeah. you got to take it all with a grain of salt i think i think so Let's do another definition from Urban Dictionary. All right. So this is how you know something is credible. Whenever they can spell correctly. Yes, it it helps. Right. If if they can spell correctly, that must be a credible source. So um, let's go ahead and read this one. It doesn't hurt. That's right. Okay. These people seem to split hairs on details and are usually just perceived. That's misspelled, by the way. As windbags who just like to hear themselves speak. Okay. And I went, yeah, that's pretty much every YouTuber and podcaster. (laughs) Yeah, us included. Yeah. That is us included. (laughs) Actually, interestingly enough, I've started working on a few videos for the YouTube channel. Oh, good. And I borrowed a radial passive DI because people say this is the best DI and I have it pinning up against my pinstripe pedals d iso plus okay and i did a quick run through it earlier today mm-hmm. and i'll be honest i don't really notice much of a difference i do notice the difference in gain stage like you have yep. to do a lot more gain at the board with the radial passive di than you do really? the isolator so that is a huge difference so if you have a noisy board yes the the d iso plus that's the way to go but Otherwise, they they really sounded nearly identical. Interesting. So we'll see we'll see how that that one goes out. I'll keep everybody posted on whether or not I actually you know start a YouTube yeah. channel. But I made I made a video. Well, it'll be fun. All right. Awesome. Awesome. The next one is this term is very commonly used in the discussion pages of popular online forums <laughs> dealing with guitars, in which the cork sniffers are the ones that argue and debate over subtle and various factors that contribute to tone, such as wood types used, guitar pickup, which, by the way, is misspelled on this, body shapes, finishing methods, manufacturing processes, which processes was also misspelled, and etc. That was my, that's correct, sound effect noise that I just played for you. That was a good one. I wanted to get more of a ding, 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 but yeah. yeah. That was a perfect definition right there. Yeah, I I would say so. I would say that, you know, yeah, Paul Smith, Seymour Duncan, pretty much any like vintage reproduction company. Mm -hmm. They're the people that'll be like, um, yeah, so there was like a horsehair that was in the finish on Stevie's guitar. And so we've got to make sure that there's horsehair, but not any kind of horsehair. These are cork sniffers. Yeah. I agree. I mean, yeah, any of the boutique builders or amps or, you know, anything. Yeah, I totally totally agree. So I'm going to say my last definition that I have that came from Urban Dictionary that I looked at and went, okay, this one is interesting. 
And that is, the term is generally used to imply that these very people don't really have any experience with the actual playing of the instrument, but they are simply analyzing or evaluating tone based on the theory or science instead of just listening. Okay. And when I heard that, the first two people that popped into my head, Leo Fender and Ted McCarty. Two very solid people in the guitar world. Non-guitar players. Yeah, true. So all, all this says to me is that the definition is meant to be hurled as an insult, but at the mm-hmm. same time, you have some pretty awesome company if yeah. this is the insult that's being thrown at you. And I don't think of it as much as an insult, as more of a kind of to get you grounded back to earth again, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you get a little out of alignment and you just need a little get back in alignment kind of thing. That's, that's kind of more how I think about it. Well, so if that's the case, what are some ridiculous like guitar related cork sniffer statements that you've heard? <laughs> well, so for me, it all started kind of in the mid to late 90s whenever, you know, as I was into pedals and, and I, you know, the Internet forums were starting to come around and everybody talked about, man, you got to have true bypass. You got to have true bypass. Those buffers are just sucking the tone there. Oh, you can't oh, yeah. have any buffers in there. Get rid of all your buffers. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. So that was the first sense of it. I remember thinking like, holy cow, I've, I've got to get rid of these buffers in my chain. Yeah, that's right. These boss pedals are trash. Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, like every pro musician in the world is, was using boss pedals. But yeah, I mean, like I went and got full tone pedals and Keeley pedals and, and, you know, just getting everything true bypass. And I did not play any better at all after that. <laughs> I sounded exactly the same. Maybe maybe even a little worse, to be honest. Yeah. That was the first one. Do you have any pedal ones or anything like that? So when I look at like pedals, like guitar pedals, I'll be honest, if it sounds good, it is good. Like that's that's yeah. kind of the way that I view pedals. So if mm-hmm. there is something I'm the least cork sniffer about, it's guitar pedals. Okay. With that said, I fell into the hand-wired pedal versus PCB. Yeah. I fell into the, you know, oh, here's the terms. You're going to love this. Analog is lush and creamy versus yep. digital being and sterile and harsh, you know? Sterile. That's That should be a quirk sniffer bingo word right there. Yeah, that's right. The, yeah. Maybe the if, free space. You know what? If If you're ever having a bingo card on the gear page that is definitely got to be on there so i i fell for a number of those and it's interesting because you and i have had this conversation it was like episode five our very first one that we did together about Mm -hmm. multi-effects pedals and analog pedals and that's where you said a clon and a minotaur on line six sound the same and a screamer and a ts-808 sound the same I just talked last week or week before about how I had a clone on my pedal board because it was a status symbol. Yeah. And if I played for an hour, that clone was probably on for a minute or two. That was it. Yep. And it was taken up pretty good real estate. And I'm talking about the KTR, which is a smaller one. So if it were the full size clone, I mean, that'd be taken up a quarter of a pedal train junior. There's there's a reason people post their pedal boards on Instagram and and they do that and it it's fun and it's a part of it but 
dang, it looks cool. I'm not going to lie. It looks cool. <laughs> and if I see somebody with a with an MXR pedal on their board and a yep. a boss and, you know, maybe a whatever else, I'll just see it and I'll keep on scrolling. I'm not interested yeah. at all. And they could probably play circles around me and, you know, the mm-hmm. other people that have, you know, all the nice stuff on their board. But I, I, I can't help it. My wife, you know, looks at, at house pictures and she sees kitchens with, with nice fixtures and, you know, quartz countertops and, and nice cabinets and, you know, their ovens and stuff. But I mean, it's the same, it's just the same with everything, you know, people that, but you know, they love fashion. They're, they're looking at, you know, different shoes and, you know, a, a pair of shoes from Walmart will, will work for you. It may not be as nice as a nice pair of Nikes or whatever, but it works. So, I mean, it's just, it's like that in everything, you know, golfers, they, they have their expensive clubs that they yeah, like. They're tailor-made. And, they're, yeah. They're Callaway. Yeah. But I've seen people with, you know, Walmart clubs go out and beat them, you know, on the golf course. So it's, yeah. you know, they're, it's all just, at the end of the day, it's all just tools. And, and uh, if you get enjoyment out of having a clone on your board and being a little quirk sniffery, that's all right. But the older I get, the less I care about that stuff. And I'm just well, like, yeah. I would say that if you were someone who wants to have that clone on the board, because it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you have a status to it. That's great. But what yeah. makes you a jerk is when you decide to now tell someone else that they're inferior for not having the clone on their board. Yes. Yes. Oh, you know, okay. So yes, you're absolutely right. That brings me back to, you know who the worst cork sniffers are? Are guys that build computers. That oh, yes. and car stereo guys. Yeah. So these two guys. Okay. First You're of using all, using Alpine yeah. and Pioneer. <laughs> yes. First of all, guys that work at Best Buy. If you do, you know, um, just turn off your phone or whatever. But when I go in there and they're like, "Oh man, you still got the factory stereo in there." <laughs> oh, you're never gonna get it sound good that way. That's one. <laughs> the other one is the guy you know that scoffs at your computer. He's like, "What kind of computer do you have?" And you say, "He's like, yeah, good luck with that." I mean, I would never, ever, ever go to somebody who's playing the guitar and see that they have like a Yamaha and be like, you know, good luck learning a G chord, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, you just, you wouldn't do that. And so those guys, man, they are the biggest cork sniffers. And, and meanwhile, let's, uh, let's just scoreboard them for a little bit. Those guys are making barely over minimum wage. They're putting all their money yeah. right into that stereo system. So, you know, yeah. when your stereo system's worth more than your car, uh, there's a problem, <laughs> but I digress back to guitars. Yes. Yeah. So I think one of the things that you kind of touched on is brand name is a thing. My first mm-hmm. like dive into cork sniffery was that I didn't want a Squire Strat. I wanted a Fender Strat. Now I didn't care yeah. if it was Mexican or if it was American or if it's Japanese. I wanted a Fender though. And so that's also something that's interesting is that there's a number of brands out there that they in themselves have become a definition of cork sniffery. Like people who go, Mm -hmm. well, I mean, I play a Collings. I've got a Nash. Mm -hmm. You know, I use a Dumble. You know, I've got a a Morgan or a Sir, a a Splon. Go ahead, say it. You're about to attack me, but go ahead. Dr. Z. But, you know, any of those... No, no, no. That's, oh, that's you're talking not about Danocaster? <laughs> yes. Somebody's got a bingo. Somebody in, in middle right. America's got a bingo right now. Yeah, yep. I mean, I've got two Danocasters, and they are... I mean, for the last year or two, they've kind of been... Uh, they've been up there on the cork sniffer 
yeah. bucket list, but I know. I'll tell you what. But I would also throw in Fender and Gretsch and Gibson. I think Gibson is a big cork sniffer name. And, you know, some may be like, no, 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 that's a working man's guitar. No, an Epiphone is a working man's guitar. A Gibson is someone who is looking for a little more name recognition. Especially the custom shop. Then it goes to Collins and then it goes to, you know. Well, yeah, PRS is in there too, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Fancy guitars there on the back. But you talked about him earlier. Um, yeah, yeah, well, I, I agree. You had Martin and Taylor and those guys. Anything boutique, I think, is probably going to be a little cork sniffery. I think you nailed it with Collings, just all the Santa Cruz guitars. You know, you can yep. get a Martin guitar, but I'll tell you what, you go play one of those things and you're like, dang, this is twice as good as a Martin. There is actually an interesting cork sniffer statement that I've heard where people will say, well, if it's not an American guitar, mm-hmm. then it, it's not good. I've said that actually. Yeah. Oh, There's yeah. A, okay. Absolutely. So, if you have not won bingo yet, which you probably have, you're about to. <laughs> I I'll never forget this. Probably about two years ago, we were going to dinner somewhere, and my mom, who is the best, and just she's just the best. And Happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. Oh, a few yeah. weeks late, but she came up to me. And she goes, "Hey, did you see Steve Warner has a new signature model guitar coming out?" First of all, how cool is my mom for knowing that before oh, I? Oh yeah, that? totally. Yeah. And so, no, I did not know it. And so, like, I have all the Steve Warner models. I've got the Takamini, the one with without the cutaway, the one with the cutaway, and I even built a Tele that looks like his. And so, of course, I'm, I mean, I'm on top of it. Well, I didn't know that he was putting out the Gretsch yep. Nashville Gentleman, which I do not have and I would love to have. But I went ahead and reached out to my Sweetwater guys like, hey, I want to order that guitar. He's like, all right, cool. Let's, let me, uh, it just was announced. Let me see what I can dig up. I had seen some pictures of it, and on the back it said Made in Japan, and I was like, this is going to be awesome. I'm getting this guitar. And it came back, and he's like, hey, I got a quote for you, and it was $35.99. Okay. I just remember thinking, I'm not paying $35.99 for a guitar I'm not made in the U.S. I'm just not. <laughs> and I had some people like question me on it. They're like, why are you like that? Japan makes great guitars. I was like, I agree. Japan does make great guitars, but if I'm paying... 3600 bucks for a guitar. I want it made in the US of A because I do. And there's no reason for You're it. You're still mad about Pearl Harbor, aren't you? Well, we went to Hawaii two mm-hmm. summers ago. Now I'm over it now. I like the okay. Japanese. Right. Yeah, I yeah. like the Japanese too. Um, okay, so... <laughs> if you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Let's hear from another sponsor. Are you looking for a party with a purpose? If you love music, if you love family-friendly, if you love camping, then you should look into LifeFest. LifeFest is one of the largest Christian music festivals in America and draws attendees from across the United States to worship together, deepen their faith, and strengthen relationships with family and friends. This three-day event features dozens of artists, engaging seminars, and much more. This year, in 2021, we have two festivals. Come join a party with a purpose in Oshkosh, Wisconsin on July 8th through 11th or on the Johnny Cash Hideaway Farm in Bon Agua, Tennessee on July 29th through 31st. I'll see you there. You know, another one 
that I hear, another quirk sniffer statement that I'll hear is people will say vintage guitars are better than Mm -hmm. modern guitars. Absolutely. The tone is so much there because of the old wood. Yeah. And I will hear that all the time. And I will tell you, in fact, it is known they made the guitars worse then. They made them crappier. But it's because Mm -hmm. of those few that made it out that were awesome that people go, well, then I just need to have one of those too. But most people that say that probably never even played one. That's fair. That's, I mean, that's very fair. Actually, I was talking with Kenny at Sell the Body Guitar. Hey, that might be a bingo okay. for somebody. All right. And I was talking to Kenny and he was telling me about the original PAFs. Now, this is a guy who has owned multiples of 60s, 59, 58, 57 they didn't deal in anything that was newer than 1970 with the exception of a few amps. Like they had Cornford amps. There's a cork sniffer one. They had Saldano. There's a cork sniffer one, but you know, so they had that stuff, but otherwise guitars, other stuff, it was all pre 1970. He's been through a bunch of them. And he said for a fact, the way that they did their pickups was they wound them and some of them got underwound. Some of them got overwound because you kind of had to count it on your own. And then they tossed it into a box. And then that box made it to the person who was wiring in the electronics. And they would just grab a pickup at random, put it in the guitar, and solder it. So sometimes the neck pickup was way hotter than the bridge. Sometimes the bridge was way hotter than the neck. Sometimes they were out of phase. Sometimes one of them didn't get coiled right. They would send out the guitar and they would have some pickups that were dead on arrival and they would have to rewind the pickups. I mean, they didn't make Mm. it the same. But everybody just lusts after those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I also hear this, since we're talking about vintage, I do want to mention that there are some people out there who also say a vintage guitar has to be 50s or earlier. 60s is not vintage. You're telling me a 62 Strat's not a vintage guitar? That's that's. I believe ridiculous. the reference was actually in Martin's. They were talking about Martin's. Okay, that's fair. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, people can... I mean, no, I'm saying that's fine. People believe what they want. I mean, but they, you know, they could be wrong. But like I said earlier, you know, if, if, you, if you polled 100 guitar players and you're like, hey, would you rather have a, a brand new guitar or a vintage guitar? I think almost everybody would say, I want a vintage guitar, you know? Give me that vintage. When in reality, the new ones probably play better. They probably stay in tune better. Oh, yeah. They probably are quieter, you know, more options on them. But, I mean, it's cool to show up to a gig with a old beat-up case and pull out an old vintage Strat or Tele, yeah. even though now they're so expensive, nobody wants to do that. But that's cooler than pulling out a, you know, a, a made-in-Mexico Stratocaster, you know? But whatever. You know what's really cool is when you pull out a guitar and you can play the heck out of it. That's really cool. Huh. That's huh. cool. I've never done that before. A, me neither. I mean, I've seen people do it. That's the reason I know it's really oh. cool. Ooh, yeah. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> Going back to where we talked about it needs to be made in America. Where I end up having this happen is in Paul Reed Smith's. Mm-hmm. I, the SE models, I, I just can't get into them. And, and some yeah. of it is feel like I don't I don't necessarily like the way they feel as much as I like the way that the core does. But mm-hmm. if it's not a core model, I don't even want to touch it. And that's that's me being a cork sniffer. Yeah. I know you hated that SE that I had that 
Zach Meyer's model. I didn't hate well, it, but but you were you were underwhelmed. And I'll be honest with you, I liked it a lot. And then you played it, and you were underwhelmed, and that made me be underwhelmed with it, I'm which so is sorry. so dumb. Yeah. And I ended up selling it. But I mean, it's it's not your fault. It's my own stupid psychology. So here's an interesting cork sniffer one. What okay. about the weight of the guitar? I don't know if you've heard this one, but they'll say, oh, that guitar, it's too heavy. Mm-hmm. Or you'll hear somebody say, oh, that guitar, it's too light. It's just not going to sustain. I mean, it's density. Like, it's just going to sustain more with more yeah. weight to it or whatever, more mass. I've fallen for that one, too. And I, I mean, I like a light guitar. I love a light guitar. But it's not because it sounds better. It's because it doesn't hurt my back. Maybe, maybe, but my experience is I played a really light guitar and it rang and rang and rang and rang. It was so resonant. And so in my mind, I made that association, light guitars ring. Now that's not always true, but that's the reason I got there. So whenever I start hearing other people say, hey, light guitars are super resonant, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, of course they are. It's like a piece of balsa wood, you know, you hit it and it's like, it rings. And it made sense to me. So in my mind, I formed this pathway that believed light guitars are resonant. Yeah. It's stupid, but it's, it just, it is what it is. I think the new one out right now that is a huge cork sniffer thing is, I don't know if you heard from Gibson, they started up the whole Murphy Lab. Yeah. Now, Murphy Lab guitars are anywhere between eight thousand and fifteen thousand dollars usd that's tom murphy right the guy that was aging them before yep it is and everything's done to his spec and what he wants to do and i'm gonna be honest it's still a les paul Mm -hmm. maybe there's something special to it maybe i don't know i've never played one so i guess i really can't speak to that so that's me under selling something but I do know that I've played R9s and I've played R8s and I've played R7s and I go, dang, mm-hmm. these things sound good. But then I've also played regular old Les Paul 50s model and 60s model, which really the big difference is the size of the neck. And they mm-hmm. sound good, too. So, yeah, I think that's a cork sniffer thing. That's the newest cork sniffer thing that I can think of yeah. coming out of Gibson. So I've not seen or played one of those in person, but... I do know the Tom Murphy aged Les Pauls that came out before were awesome. And he went through yeah. and did that with like a X-Acto or like a razor blade. Oh, that yeah. checking. There was no, you know, heating it up and spraying canned air on it. It was, it's. Yeah. Sticking it in I the mean, freezer was, and then going to town on yeah. it with a hair dryer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was labor intensive and I mean, they, they looked good, but I just, I don't know, like this uh, may or may not be on topic, but. I currently don't have any humbucker guitars. I've, I've got none. I'm like, you know, I, I've sold a bunch of guitars and I've got some money in the guitar account. And I was just like, you know, I'm just going to start kind of keeping my eye out for a humbucker guitar. I just need to see yeah. what I want. So I was watching YouTube the other day and I saw one that just took my breath away. I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. And so I, I researched to see how much it was. And it was like $4,300. And I'm like, I cannot spend that much money on Something I know I won't play. And it was a PRS 594 McCarty. Oh, yeah. And it was a single cutaway. Cool guitar. Oh, it was gorgeous. So good. Gorgeous. Yeah. I just, anything over $3,000 is kind of my limit. I'm like, I don't yeah. think I can spend that. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I can justify anything under that, but anything over that, it's, man, it just, 
it feels like I'm in definite cork sniffer territory if I get over $3,000. If you're looking at a PRS and you're looking at some sort of a guitar that I think that you would actually really like, Mm -hmm. I know that you're not real big into tremolos, but the David Grisham, you would probably really like that one. Okay, I'll check that out. It's got neck, it's got bridge, but then it has a volume for each of them, kind of like a Les Paul, but it's a master tone. Mm -hmm. And then you can tap the coils and do stuff. And I'll be honest, you may dig that. The neck shape is a lot like your Swamp Ash Special, which is a gorgeous neck shape. Oh, yeah. But it's specific to just the Grisham model. So it's... It's pretty cool. You should definitely check out. Yeah, that one. I mean, I I definitely like his books that he's written. <laughs> no, that's the, the, the from the, the client and the firm. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, the, yeah. No, that's that's a different guy. That's a writer. This is a this is the guy who played for like Springsteen. This is oh okay okay David Grissom, not John Grisham. Oh okay. I think they're they must be brothers or something. Uh, I'm sure uh, from another mother. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> ridiculous let me let me mention one thing about cork sniffery and amplifiers and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna throw this out on the table but i think one of the biggest cork sniffer things with an amplifier is the tubes okay mullard winged seas nos baby Yes. I mean, you hear all these things about people, and I'm not saying that the certain ones don't sound better, but I am mm-hmm. saying that have you really tried all the tubes in your amplifier? Because if you tried them all, then you can make a decision. But if you just yeah. bought something because this is something you heard somebody used once and it was amazing, that's right. cork sniffery. I agree. That's kind of like when somebody says, hey, he's the nicest guy in the world, and I'm like, have you really met every guy in the world? I mean, yeah, seriously. On. Stupid. But yeah, I, I really, I think that's one of the biggest ones that goes with an amp. I agree. I will also add the color of the amp is a big cork sniffer thing. And I know you're a red Guilty. guy. You like. Well, okay. Maybe, maybe not anymore. I might not be a red guy anymore. Really? But I will say this. I have recently... Got my sweaty little hands on a quad cortex. Oh, yes. Yes, you have. It is currently my love affair with the guitar. So we'll see how that goes. I don't think I'll be selling that deluxe reverb anytime soon, but, you know, who knows about the others. Well, and I do feel like I need to issue a little bit of an apology to Sweetwater because I said, you know, I'm not going to buy from him again after this because I'm just, I was so... Which I was astounded by. Yes. And I'm not saying that I'm not still dissatisfied, but in doing a little more research after, I realized that you just ended up being the luckiest bloke on this planet. And that's Mm -hmm. really what happened because I was reading even today that the ones that are shipping out now are the people who ordered at New Year's. So. It's I've, yeah, I've January 1st, they ordered, and here you are ordering at the beginning of February, and you got yours. So yeah. I think the flaw was not in my rep. I think the flaw is in the system that Sweetwater has yeah. in the way that they actually 
honor their system of signing up and fulfilling orders. Yeah, that you could be spot on on that. I'm going to issue a little bit of an apology. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're not still on my list. Okay. Fair enough. But it does mean that I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt at the moment. When you say your list, what list are you referring to? This list is a list of guitar shops that I don't trust. And I would be less likely to order first from. Like if two separate guitar shops had the exact same thing, I would Mm -hmm. likely order from the other one before Sweetwater. Okay. But if Sweetwater gave me a better deal, then I would order from them. Okay. Because cash is king. True. That's what my tattoo says. Mm. On my neck. My neck tattoo. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, it's right next to that area where you had Kim kiss you on your neck and And then you just had it tattooed over. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's exactly where it is. All right, one more statement to go to amps, and that is solid state versus tube. Yes. Because you can't have good tone without tubes. No, it's impossible. It's impossible. It's sterile. It's never the other been way. done. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's ever done it in the history of the world. Nope. Never. Never. So with all of that said, I mean, there are tons of cork sniffer things that obviously are out there in the world. I mean, we know it. We know that we're part of it. But there are a few statements that I remember seeing over the years that I look at and I go, now that's just a ridiculous cork sniffer statement. Okay. And it was on the gear page back in the early 2000s. I remember, and I tried to find it because I wanted to find out who said it. What the person said was, you can't expect to sound like Jimmy Page playing a standard Gibson Les Paul or a Telly. Custom shop is the only way to go. <laughs> and I laughed That's... because what was Jimmy Page playing? A standard Gibson Les Paul <laughs> or a Telly. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's exactly right. Like, oh, that's come funny. on. <laughs> that is, that's fun. That's just, oh man. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I have no words. Like people say some of the dumbest things. <laughs> there is no words. But you know what? <laughs> Whenever you say something stupid, you can at least be like, dang, that was stupid. But when you type something stupid, you have every opportunity to go back and delete it or change it or edit yes. it or whatever. But you yep. think at some point you'd be like, oh, man, that's that was dumb. But I've been trying to rack my brain about specific comments that, you know, were quirk sniffery. I just I can't think of anything specifically because my mind is so overwhelmed with all of the just stupid like you got to use thick gauges if you want to get, you know, good tones. Oh, yeah. You've got to tune to this tempered tuning if you want to get your intonation just right. You've got to have. Yep. New old stock tubes. If you're, if you've got an amp that you paid seven hundred bucks for and you're not retubing it with a two hundred fifty dollars set of tubes, you're really just wasting your money. And yep. change out your stock speaker for a Weber speaker, upgrade it a little bit, and then make sure you're not using solderless cables. Use pancake yep. square plugs or whatever, and use the best power supply. You know, if you're not using a Strymon delay, dude, you might as well get out of town. Yeah, but get rid of Boss pedals. You know, and and it's even moved on to like pedal boards. Like, you know, pedal train is like the industry standard for, you know, it's lightweight. It's got a bag with it. It's, they're cheap. 
But, you know, now, like, Temple is kind of taking over creation yeah. audio, and you've got to have some fancy veneer on the front of it. It's just, yep. it's so stupid. Like, we're so wasteful, and, I mean, my gosh, like, we are, we are so spoiled. Like, we are, we're ridiculous. And, like, you look at guys' pedal boards, and they're using custom cables and, and, and MIDI systems, and, and I'm guilty of all of it, so... Yeah, who knows? This just reminds me, my signature on the gear page, you know, because you put the little signature at the bottom and a lot of people put their affiliations and all that kind of stuff. My signature on the bottom is actually written by a guy named The Onioner. Okay, great name. And on December 14th of 2012, I looked it up because I wanted to know, he actually wrote this. And I think this pretty much sums up how bad the forums can get but this is what he wrote sometimes we say only on the gear page but this time it's really true we are arguing about how to turn off an amp (laughs) it's true and and it's true because people are like yeah you just hit the power button some people are like no you have to throw it in standby no well i just i just reach around the back and i just unplug it from the wall you know i mean it's like (laughs) yeah so i would say as we start to kind of wind things down, I think it would be kind of fun if we rate each other on how much of a cork sniffer oh, we think the other person is. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, all right. One I'm, on a scale of one to ten. For this. One being that tone is tone. It doesn't matter what you have as long as it makes the tone happen. And ten being. Only Bakelite pickguards, strobe tuners, coily cables, and $60 picks and Duracell platinum batteries give you the tone of the gods. Okay. First of all, where do you think that I rank and then rank yourself? For your ranking? Yep. It's tough for me because I feel like your guitars are a maybe a very high number, like an eight or a nine. Okay. But... Your amps and pedals, I feel like you're very low, like maybe a three or four. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you a five, final answer. Okay. And okay. what about yourself? What do you rank yourself Okay. As? So for myself, you know, I, I would consider giving myself a 10 because <laughs> I, <laughs> except... I do not have like Elliot guitars and like Cody, our friend Cody, he's a 10. Yeah. 10 plus. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not to that point. Like he has pedals I've never even heard of before. And I'm like, and he's like, Hey man, that's yep. the coolest thing. And then he gets rid of them and sells them. I, I'm not to that point. Like I've never owned a Sur guitar, you know, right. I've never owned any offset, which I think takes me out of a 10 category. So I'm going to give myself an... <laughs> it it an, keeps you from being a hipster. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've never worn a beanie when I've played. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give myself an eight. Okay. This is where I rank you. Yeah. I actually, when I first started thinking about it, I ranked you at an eight. Okay. And I ranked you at an eight because I went, oh man, he's always got a different pedal board. Then he's... Yep adding on these pedals and then he's getting rid mm-hmm. of the pedals just to buy the same pedal again. And then we've got, okay, I've only done that a couple of times. So you've, you've mentioned that a bunch of times and it's starting to hurt. How many Paisley drives? Okay. All right, go ahead. With your... 
<laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, so there's all that type of stuff. And then, you know, yes, Dr. Z is your thing and you like lots of Dr. Z's, but it's not like you're also all of these other types of boutique amps. You've had other boutique amps, True. but you've scratched an itch and you've gotten rid of it. It's not like you're holding mm-hmm. on to the amp because it is the thing. Okay. But notice that a lot of this, I keep saying, this is stuff that's been in the past. Like, you've done this, you've done this, you've done this. Yeah. So I actually marked that out, and I think that you were probably closer to a six and a half now. Because you have started scaling down. Like we did when we were talking about thinning the herd, which was a couple of weeks Mm ago. True. That one, you were talking about all the stuff that you were paring down going, you know what? I've had good guitars. I I want to have just a few great guitars. That's what I want. Yeah. That does not well, sound like a cork sniffer. Okay. All right. Well, see, to me, it makes it sound like more of one because I don't want lower model guitars. I, I only want the best. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. But then at the same time, some of the ones that you're getting rid of, like that Silver Sky. Oh, true. That's true. Yeah. That's oh. a high quality guitar that you got rid of okay. because you just went, yeah, I just need the Dino Caster. Yeah, that's true. All right, thanks. Six and a half. I'll take it. You know, I gave myself an eight. I gave you gave me a six and a half. I ranked you a five. What are you going to give yourself for that? I ranked myself a five. <laughs> you know, yes. you you were on you were on on par. Gosh, and if, I, if we were on the Newlywood game, we would be killing it right now. Yes, yes. But we're not married. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. The reason why I ranked myself a five is because the name on the headstock does matter to me. Mm-hmm. I will pay more for factory upgrades because they look cooler, not because they sound better. And I want the original case with the guitar, even though I rarely actually use the case that came with the guitar. A lot of times I'll put it in a gig bag or something like that. So I, I think I'm a five. Okay. I think ultimately what it comes down to for us is we're really into the details that inspire us to play better. And so if that makes us a cork sniffer, then I'm fine with it. Label it for me. Give me a hat. Yeah. I'm on it. I'm on that team. Team cork sniffer. I agree with you. However, I've got one example. On my Dano caster, you know, I've got a Blackguard Dano. He recently started making his premium line of Dano casters. Instead of having like the Buds pickups in there, he's got the Ron Ellis pickups. And he had this new pit guard that looked so good. It was so vintagey looking. And I emailed him. I was like, hey, could you make me one of those pit guards? You know, I'd, I'd love to have it. He's like, well, you know, they're super time intensive and they're going to be expensive or whatever. I was like, that's fine. And he just decided never to sell them. Well, he posted like in the madness of his Instagram, whatever. He posted one for sale that he had broken he had broken it and he's like, I can't sell this as new, you know, whatever. I think he posted it for 150 bucks, I think. And I jumped on it and I bought it. And so <laughs> I paid 150 bucks for a, a pit guard that was broken so I could have it look a little more scratched up. So I would say that's a little cork sniffery. Okay, maybe um, you are an eight. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> I think I think maybe okay. you are an eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just I just bought myself a point and a half. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Well, okay, I guess this probably brings us to our final thoughts. And what what final thoughts do you have? My final thoughts are this. It is all right to be a cork sniffer if you can, one, afford it. Absolutely. Don't 
go out there trying to keep up with the Joneses. Just just go out there, find what you like. I can't say this enough because and I know this because of experience, but don't buy a pedal because you've read it's great. Like don't do that. Like get out and play it. Find somebody that has it. Go to a store that has it. Do it because I have bought so many things that people love. And what I did not realize for the longest time is what some people love and what I love are going to be different things because we play totally differently. If I hear a guy in a forum like, man, this amp is the best amp I've ever heard. I'm like, man, I got to have this amp. Yeah. And I play it. I'm like, I don't play it the same way he does. So I would just say if you can afford to be a cork sniffer, do it. But make sure you're getting stuff you actually love. Like don't sniff that cork just to be like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Go out there and, you know, find something that fits you and, and stick with it. And uh, try to stay off that merry-go-round of gear that I have been on for so long. Yeah. No, and I am all about what you just talked about. I think that you nailed it on the head that you really do have to be true to what it is that you love. And once again, Mm -hmm. if it inspires you, sign me up. Um, But ultimately, I need to also not just make my decisions based off of other people's experiences. Absolutely. What makes me a jerk is when I call someone else out for something they like because I am too good for it. Yes, I agree. That's the main thing to think of when it comes to cork sniffery is what makes you a good cork sniffer is that you're doing it for you. What makes you a bad cork sniffer is when you do it for you and then make everyone else feel smaller. There are very few of us out there that are actually doing this for a living. So it's it's a hobby. It's meant to be fun. So just have fun with it. Don't be a jerk. Absolutely. Well, that concludes our time of the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session. If you like what you heard, leave five stars in a review. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Tweed Couch. Until next time. Come on.